Alright, take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Just kind of getting into the context of this chapter, of this passage. This is where the Lord feeds the thousands, five thousand, five thousand, maybe plus. He says in verse 2 of John chapter 6, And a great multitude followed Him because they saw His miracles which He did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there He sat with His disciples. So we see this great multitude there following Christ. And why are they following Christ? Because of the miracles that they saw Him do to the sick, to the disease. And uh, they're following after Him. And, and then if we were to continue to read down through this passage in, in John chapter 6, we would see that Jesus, He tests Philip, doesn't He? He says, how are we going to feed this great multitude? And 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 uh, then we see that he uses the lad, right? The lad brings uh, five loaves and two small fishes, and, and he is able to take those, and he's able to feed thousands. He multiplied the food. You know, God can handle whatever it is that we face in our lives, right? I mean, you say, well, I only have a little bit, or I only have a... Uh, I, I don't. It doesn't seem like I have enough. God can take that little bit, right? And He can multiply it, and He can He can stretch it. He can make it go on and on and on if He needs to, can He? So after He multiplies the food, after He feeds the multitude, He goes uh, sails back over to Capernaum. And the multitude follows him there. We see, pick it up in verse 24. It says, And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat the loaves and were filled. We see in just a short amount of time the, the multitude that is following Jesus, they changed the reason why they're following. Do you see that? He, they, they began to follow Him because of, they saw the works that He did, but then they begin to follow Him not because of the works that He did, but because that He fed them, right? Because that there was food available. The reason why we follow Christ is important. Would you agree with that? It is important to Christ the reason why we follow Him. And we are to follow Him. The why we follow Christ will determine if we continue to follow Christ. I want to jump ahead here in this passage and then kind of go back, but 
Jesus begins to teach this multitude, once they followed him for the food, he begins to teach them about not the bread that we eat, but he begins to teach them about the bread of life being himself. Something greater and something better than temporary bread. And he goes into that sort of doctrine, and the multitude couldn't handle it. Skip ahead to verse 63 of John chapter 6. It says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Would you agree that the words of God, the Word of God is spirit, it is life, it's alive, it's living, it's able to transform us and able to change us. Our flesh, the flesh that we have, it really profits nothing. He says that without me, you can do what? Nothing. He's talking about spiritually speaking, in our flesh, we are not able to do anything eternal. But with Him, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Verse 64, But there are some of you, and here's what I want to focus in on, that believe not. He's talking to a multitude here. He says, there's some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray Him. And He said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto Me except it was given Him of My Father. And then John 6, 66 No coincidence that says, from that time many of his disciples went back and followed and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. So hold on. If I'm reading this right, it went from thousands following him to twelve. That's pretty substantial, isn't it? (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's not the way we want to see things happen. We like to see it going the other way. We like it seeing it going from twelve to thousands, don't we, typically. So he says to the twelve, he says, um, will you also go away? In verse 68, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. I hope that that's our spirit and attitude this morning to where would we go? If we didn't have Christ, if we didn't have the Word of God, if we didn't have, uh, if we didn't have the truth, uh, where would we go? I mean, really, where would we go? You know what it takes? It takes faith, it takes love to follow Christ to the end, doesn't it? To follow Him all the way to the end, it takes, it takes faith, it takes belief, Right? And it takes the love. You're in John chapter 6. Look at verse 27 with me. Verse 27. He says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth. Now, remember the context here is he just, he just showed them in their heart that they were following Him not because they loved Him or they believed Him even, 
but because they wanted what? Fed. They wanted something temporal. They wanted a temporal blessing. He says, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give you for him hath God the Father sealed. Jesus is saying here, look, telling this group of people, there is something so much better to labor for. There's something so much better to put our energy in and our time in. In Matthew 6, 19 and and 20, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust doth corrupt, or thieves do not break through and steal. Jesus is constantly in the Gospels teaching us to focus on the eternal instead of on the temporal. And we need that reminder constantly, don't we? That look, it is so, I mean, if we go without food, what happens? We get hungry. And that's all we can focus on, right? And so it's easy for us to just live that way. Live on that dimension and that dimension only of the, the here, the now, the temporal of satisfaction and uh, meeting those cravings that we have right at that time. But in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 4, he says, Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set your eyes upon that which is not? In other words, he's saying, would you, would you set your heart, would, you, would your heart be set, would your eyes be set on something that is not going to last forever? That's not eternal? That's, that's passing, that's going by? He's encouraging this group of people. He says, labor not for the meat, for the things that perisheth. And then he says, look at verse 28. John chapter 6 and verse 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? What a question to ask the Lord. They said, okay, we'll labor for you. Okay, we'll do the work of the Lord. How? Right? How? How do we do the work of the Lord? In other words, and, and in their mind, they may have just seen the miracles that He's done. I mean, they saw the disease healed. They saw the food multiplied. They may have been beginning to think, how do we do what you do? You know? How do we do what you're doing? Uh, but He's telling them, labor not for the things that perish. And they're saying, okay, you're telling us to labor. How do we do the work of the Lord? In other words, and I hope that you and I ask this same question, uh, they may have asked it for the wrong reason or the wrong heart, but I hope you and I are still asking the same question. Lord, how do we see you do great things? God, we want to see the works of God. We want to see you work in our lives, in our church, in our community, in our country. We want to see the works of God. And so how? How do we do that? How do we see it? And when God is at work, it is unmistakable. When God is at work, it is unmistakable that it is Him that is working in our hearts and in our lives. And so this next verse is pretty valuable to us. 
Because the Lord tells us how. John chapter 6 and verse 29. They ask the question, how? He answers in verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom He hath sent. You say, well, what does that mean? Faith is the work. Faith is the work. You say, well, that seems a little bit insignificant. That, I mean, initially when you hear that, when you think of seeing great things for God and doing a work for God, initially you almost would say, well, that's not hard, right? That's not hard just to believe in Jesus, to believe in Christ, to believe what He said is true, just to believe in His promises and to believe in His work. But the work, the work that needs done in our families... You know what we have to do for that? We have to believe. We have to believe. We have to trust. We have to believe that Christ is able to work and will work. The work that needs done here at the church, we want to see great works of God, right? The work for missions, the work for India, the work for the churches and the orphanages and and things there. You know what it's going to take? It's going to believe that He can. Believe that He will. You say... It just seems so strange. There seems to be like, uh, there's got to be something that we have to do more than just believing in Jesus. You may even say, oh, okay, Sean, so you're one of those. One of those that just believes in Jesus and then, you know, if you believe in Him, everything's going to work out, right? The answer is yes, I am. I hope so. I mean, I should be, right? I call myself a Christian. I do believe that He has all power in heaven and earth. I do believe that He is able. I do believe that He is able. I believe that He can and will do great and mighty things for those. I I believe that we can limit God also by our unbelief. Faith is the work. You know, when we think of this, there is a side of us, humanly, especially the side that wants to be productive, that begins to think, oh, just believing, oh, just believing in Jesus, you know, and, and, then, and then you just sit around and nothing gets done. That's not how it works. Read the Bible. When we start believing, look, faith and works, are, they, they cannot be separated. They cannot. We, 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 we try to do that. We try and act like my faith is, is just inside, deep down, and no one knows about it. Uh-uh. Your faith becomes who you are. And it begins to work out. I mean, you, we, I, I've said this many times. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith Abraham. By faith Noah. By faith Sarah. By faith. All these things, they just, it works, it works out. It's inside of us and it begins to work out. You know why? If we are men and women of faith, you know what we'll be? We'll be busy. We'll be busy. If we're believing that God's going to bring people to us to tell the gospel to, if we believe that God's going to use us, He will. And, and trust me, we'll be. You know what faith does? Faith moves God. Our belief and our trust in the Lord, it, it moves Him. We, we call it, Paul called it, an open door. 
when we're trusting and believing in God, God begins to open doors. And when doors start opening, we, as men and women of faith, you know what we do? We walk through them, right? We walk through them. This is how God works. This is the, this is the part of... Uh... And here's another thing. God's so much better at opening doors, when we're talking about opening spiritual doors, than you and I are. In other words, if we were to sit and try to be try to do the works of the Lord, or try to figure all these things out. The, the Lord just opens these doors as we walk through them. I believe that. I believe that the will of the Lord is much simpler many times than what we try and put on it. The will of the Lord is just by walking with Him, trusting Him, believing Him, and there we are. We're, we'll find ourselves in the middle of it, in the midst of it, as we surrender ourselves to Him and do it. How do, we, how do we do missions? How do we see uh, folks that are truly in need of Christ come to know Christ? We do this by believing. By faith. Again, salvation, salvation is a work of faith, is it not? Salvation is by grace through faith. We put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus, uh, in, in, in John chapter 8, in verse 24, he said, I say therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins if you believe not that I am He. You shall die in your sins. Amen. He's saying, look, if it, salvation is a belief, is a trust in Jesus Christ. And through that, our sins are taken away. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are purged. The penalty of it is taken by Jesus Christ. Salvation. What a work. True salvation for each individual is a change of heart, is it not? It is a changed life. Think about that. It is a, it is a changed life. And was that done by your own... I hate to say this, but was that done by your own character? Your own... Uh, was that done by your own... Uh, mindset? No, that was done by a work of the Lord. He came in, He changed your heart, changed your mind. Why? Through faith. Through faith. It's childlike faith. It works, doesn't it? Childlike faith. This is what we have to, we have, to have in Mark chapter 10 and verse 15. He said, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. In other words, we come to a place, point in time in our lives where like a child we surrender. We believe the Word of God. We believe the truth of His Word like a child, right? And that's how we receive Christ. That's how we receive salvation. But, the, but then the, the rest of our Christian life could be and should be lived out the same way. Just believing that God is able. That God is... You know what is... hope I can... For Christians, for believers, individually and corporately, a, a church, a, a body of Christ, 
when the world looks at us and we have no faith and we have no trust that God is able to take care of even our little issues, our problems, our day-to-day things, it shows, it, it, what is that? What, what, what are we? We become weak, right? But when a group of believers just says, we believe God, We believe that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We believe that He's our provider, He's our protector, that He is in control of our lives, that He is taking care of us. We just simply believe it no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, no matter what comes at us. We put our faith and trust in the Lord. You know what that is? That is strength. People see that and say, wow, not strength in us, but strength because of Him that withholds us and upholds us. This type of faith, this type of childlike faith, it pleases God. And it is the way to do our continual day-to-day walk, right? Trusting and believing. We, as Christians, want to be the Joshua and the Caleb. God promised the nation of Israel that they were going to go into the promised land. I mean, the promises that God gave them were amazing in His Word. He told them, He said, I'm going to take you into this promised land and I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to give you this land. He says, do not fear them. Don't be afraid of them. Uh, You know, uh, 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 just a few of you will cause a multitude of them to run. He says, I am with you, right? And then... The 12 spies go in, Joshua and Caleb, what did they say? Let's go up. Let's go up. God will fight for us. God will deliver us. God will give us this land. The 10, what did they see? They saw all the the physical things, the fortified cities, the giants, how hard it was. How, and, they, and, and the one thing that they didn't put into the equation that we as believers always have to put into the equation is God. Yeah, on the outside it looked impossible. Yeah, on the outside it looked uh, too tough. It would have been scary, but God. But He was in, and He is with us. And if He is with us, then who should we fear? If he, this is what it is to be a Christian. I, I'm trying to say that this is what it is to be a follower of Christ. Is He's with us, and when He is in the equation, what should we fear? What 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 comes at us that we can't face with God? We can face it with God. Eventually, they had to go in and they had to fight, didn't they? We know the story. There was battles in the Promised Land, was there not? There was battles, but you know what? Those battles were as good as won the moment they believed God and went in. The moment that they said, let us go in and, and fight, honestly, were those, we, we, have the, we were able to look back at history, but those battles were as good as won when they said, we'll follow God and we'll trust. Now, they had to live it out. I mean, we look at Joshua, he spent his whole his whole time as a leader in battle. And so there was a lot of things that he had to face. But, but they, those battles were as good as one when they made up their mind. And this is the same for you and I. I know that all of us, because we're human, because we're here on this earth, we're going to face battles. 
we're going to face giants. We're going to have things come at us. Uh, you don't even have to go looking for trouble. They don't find us, right? And you know what? We could be like Joshua and Caleb and say, God is with us. Let us go up and let us see the victory of the Lord. Let us see it. Don't you want to see it? Look, we're going to have battles regardless if we believe in God or not, aren't we? It's part of the human experience. So we want to see God deliver. We want to see God do great things. We do want to see the great works of God. Look at verse 30. Moving along, verse 30 of chapter 6. Faith is the work. Hey, we need to, hey, Christian, we need to get busy for the Lord. Have you ever heard that? We need to, we need to be busy about the Lord's business. He's coming soon. Right. We need to be busy about the Lord's business. Alright, so what do we do? Believe. Believe. Trust Him. And He will lead us and guide us. He'll open the doors. Verse 30. So he tells them, believe. That's the work of the Lord. Verse 30. And they said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe? Now seeing is not faith. Now is it? You see what these folks are doing? They're saying, show us and then we'll believe. What, what That's our work. So do something for us so that we can see it and then we'll believe. And he said, our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written... He gave them bread from heaven to eat. It, do you realize what they're trying to do here? If you read this kind of slowly, in one sense, the group of people are trying to manipulate Jesus. They came, they followed Him, and He knew their heart that they were following them for bread, for physical meat. And then they come and they say, okay, we'll believe. Show us a miracle. Show us a sign, and then we'll believe. Hey, our fathers were in the wilderness, and, and God gave them manna. Do that, and then we'll believe. You know, you know what they're saying? Give us food, and then we'll believe. Make bread here. And he just done that for them. Verse, verse, 30, uh, verse 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He which came down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto Him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to Me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on Me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that you also have seen Me and believe not. And so here, he again kind of switches the whole, the whole thing on him. He says, labor not for that which perisheth. Then, he, then they're trying to get him to, to give them physical bread. And what does he say? They're right before your very eyes, there's something greater here. You've come, you're following me just for daily, daily provision. And he does daily provide, does he not? He gives us our daily bread. But He wants them to see the bigger picture and say, there is an eternal bread, the eternal bread of life. Me, I am the eternal bread of life standing before you and you still have not believed that. You still have not seen Me as God, the Son of God. You haven't believed yet. He's trying to get this across to them. He says there's something so much better than something that's available than just the temporal and the, 
and, and that. And, and look, I, I, I don't know, I can't read every person's heart, but I would assume that many people come to Christ just believing that He's going to make their life better. And that's the only reason. I have to tell you, He has made my life better. The Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit inside, uh, it's a lot better. But that's not the reason. The reason is because He is God. The reason is because He created us and He made us and He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the bread of life. You know, you see the story of Esau and Jacob. And what was, what was that? Jacob, he desired something spiritual. He desired something eternal. Esau, he, had no, he set no value on the eternal things. He set no value on, on his birthright. What did he do? He got hungry and he traded his birthright for soup, for a bowl of soup, for food, right? He thought, this birthright does me no good. This, and you know what, Jacob, although he wasn't perfect, just like we're not perfect, he did have a desire. He did have a desire for spiritual things, didn't he? We see that Jacob, I, every time I read through this, it helps me, it encourages me, that Jacob, 20 years after he left his, his, uh, his home land, his family, and he's on his way back, right? And he's wealthy. He's rich. God had made him rich. He's on his way back with his, with his family and all his wealth. And what happens? He wrestles with the angel of the Lord in the middle of the night. Amen. And he would not let him go. He said, I will not let you go until you what? Bless me. Jacob was already blessed. He was not asking God for physical blessing. He was asking him for a spiritual blessing. And what did he say? He said, no longer will your name be called Jacob. That's right. But from now on, your name will be called Israel. You know what Esau would have thought to that? What good does my name change? What good is this? I wrestled all night for, for my name to be changed to Israel? What good is that? But you and I know. We see back through history and we see that Jacob's name being called Israel. He was the father of the twelve tribes of Israel. He had a great mighty nation come out from him. That spiritual blessing that God gave him, that's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about spiritual blessing, I'm talking about generational blessing. Things that are not just here and now, but even into eternity that God can bless us. If we'll what? Work. The works of God. And what are the works of God? Faith. Faith. We have to put that desire on these things. My desire is for this church to be busy about the Lord's work, about the works of God inside these four walls and outside. And how are we going to do it? Well, you know what we could do? We could get a group of us together and we could make a list, right? We could make a list of spiritual endeavors, right, that we might think would work. Or we could all, as individuals and as a body, as a, just believe God, right? And you say, believe Him for what? Believe Him for what you're facing right now. Believe Him for the future. Believe Him for your giants that you face. 
And you know what I believe we'll see? I believe that each of us as individuals and as a church, God will begin to open doors. God will begin to do things that everybody says, that's the Lord. He did that. You know? It was Him that... If you could have been in India when this orphanage thing started to open up, it was like, we could have never figured this out. We would have never been able to... This was the Lord that opened this door. It's so much better to have the eternal blessing than the temporal. And we want to see the works of God when we do. It's unmistakable that it's Him that's doing it. In closing, as we call ourselves Christians, as we walk with Christ, as we follow Him, believe it. Believe it. I think that this is the point that it all boils down to, right? As you read through the Bible, and if you were to step back and take the big picture, the point would be to believe on Him, to trust Him, to believe Him in in our lives, in our daily lives, and with our future, and with our eternity. It's a it's almost like a full surrender of to God, trusting Him and believing Him with with our now and with our eternity. The giants that you face, the troubles that you face, the things that seem huge, impossible, believe God that He can take us through. Believe God that, hey, we can make an eternal impact. That we have a desire for more than just the physical blessing, but Lord, bless us spiritually. Lord, help us to be fruitful. Lord, help us to be fruitful and seeing the lost saved, be a blessing and to help other Christians and other believers. By faith, we can see the works of God. We can see the work of God in our lives and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you this morning. And Lord, with all our hearts, God, I'm asking you... uh, just to make us all knit together in one thing, that we believe You. Lord, we believe that You can. God, we believe that You sent Your Son, Jesus Christ, here on earth to pay the payment for our sin, to save us from our sins, Lord. The, the work that, that Christ did on the cross and rising from the dead proves that He is God, that You are one. God, we pray that we would trust You in everything that we're facing. God, that we'd give, give You our cares and our problems and our troubles. Lord, that by faith we can see You work. Lord, that by faith we can see You deliver us from sin, from ourself, from destruction. Lord, I pray that You would fill this little church, God, with a, a hearts that are just, just believe. We just believe You believe that you can, God, and that you would open up the doors and lead us and guide us in the direction that you would have us to go. God, help us to be a blessing to each other. Help our families. Lord, help us to have a desire deep down that is eternal, to make an eternal impact, to have uh, heavenly treasures, not just earthly. God, I pray that you change us for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.